No, we're not going to. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am the sexiest man alive, Dan Hummer, and I'm here with my even sexier brother, Doug. Hi. So I guess that would make me the second sexiest man alive. Well, probably not if they saw how I'm stuffing my face right now with a ham sandwich. I don't think I'd be that sexy. I think you look Maybe to Roseanne, but... (laughs) Uh, And E-Nasty here. Our boy Eric. What's up? How are you, Bob? How are you? I'm really good. Good. Lennon hey, should be joining us soon, but... Well, um, no, I'm not letting him in, because he's late. I, <laughs> I messaged... I messaged him, too, so... I'm sure Eric's was a little nicer, though. What'd you say? Yeah. It's in the group chat. I just said, I Clint, how that. are you? <laughs> you might have fell asleep. So we are here to continue our top 10 favorite TNA wrestlers of all time. We have six through one today, right? Yeah. Uh, Before we do that, I have a uh, update in the manager team challenge series that we've been doing on uh, the Facebook group wrestling through the years. Yes. We drafted it obviously on this show. And, uh, Maybe it's a good thing Clintus isn't on the show right now because in our current series, which is Theodore Arlong, which was picked by uh, that team was drafted by Clintus versus Sir Oliver Humperdinck, who was draft, which that team was drafted by you. Who's you? Dahama. Okay, well, there's two people on the call. I don't know that he's talking about Play you or your Eric. Game. <laughs> I was interested. I'm sorry. I want to know who I've been voting for all this time. Uh, so Oliver Humperdinck was uh, drafted by Daniel. Yes. Uh, and maybe it's a good thing Clintus. Oh, shit. Uh, maybe it's a good thing Clintus isn't on the line right now because you are absolutely beating the shit out of him in this series. Am I? Yeah. Uh, so right now, the way it is right now, the way it is right now in this particular series, uh, you're winning forty to seven. You as in Daniel. Uh, Yikes! And Quintus can't even necessarily. Quintus uh, can't even necessarily win, but he can still get enough points to advance uh, into. Uh, from the bottom six or the top six uh, teams that lose uh, will get in depending on what their points are. Clintus needs at least uh, 
11 points, or, or at least 12 points to get in. Or to get into the next round. So he lost. Yeah. Uh, well, he would need that. W- that would entail either a uh, two five-point victories and a two-point victory, or a ten-point victory and a two-point victory. Right now, he ain't getting any of that shit. I'm kicking his ass because Dusty Rhodes is beating him fifteen. Dusty Rhodes beating Kurt Angle fifteen-nine. Obviously, you have Dusty. Terry Funk's beating the Miz 16-0. So you're definitely getting the 10 points on that one. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Nobody voted for the Miz. Huh? I said nobody's voting for the Miz. Yeah. And then Ted DiBiase's beating Drew McIntyre 13-6. So you are actually slated right now. You could possibly end up with almost with about 60 points. Holy shit. Now. Yeah. What that is going to entail is, and I'm making the announcement here, whoever gets the most points out of all the winners in this first round will then be the top seed in the second round, or, uh, in the next round of competition. And what that'll do is, if you have the top seed, you get to pick who, who your second round opponent is. Everybody else, I'm just going to assign them the top seed to choose. Hell yeah. So, Hump, you might get the opportunity. Well, depending on what else happens, because starting tomorrow, the series is going to be the Miss Elizabeth team, which was drafted by Eric, taking on the uh, oh, Captain Lou Albano team, which was drafted by me. Now, for anybody that does not know who me is, me will be Doug. You are Doug. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kick your ass, Doug. (laughs) You're going down. Well, since I'm using Captain Lou Albano against the Miss Elizabeth team, more than likely, yeah. Bless you. Uh, And for you people, I don't mean I'm going to kick his ass um, for real, but. One of, these days, one of these days you will, because one of these days you'll finally have enough, uh, and you'll just fucking just punch me right in the fucking face. But, all right, so the last series that was completed before this one, Bobby Heenan, which was, managed by, which was drafted by Eric, the Bobby Heenan team defeated the J.J. Dillon team, which was drafted by Clintus, 21-19. And then the series before that, sensational share the sensational share team, which was drafted by me, defeated the slick team, which was drafted by you, Daniel. Yeah. Thirty-two twenty-two. You're still crying foul. You've actually written in the Congress to try to see like what you can get. Uh, yeah, because you're rigging the damn thing. Every other thing, I every other thing I try to rig still doesn't work out in my favor. Can I have this one? No. All right. Uh, but so that's, that's, what, that's what's going on right now. Uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck is basically running away with his series, and it looks like... Yeah, I'm beating the... Yeah, you are beating the hell out of Clint. That might... Oh, he's in. Yeah. All right. I let him in. So, Clint, did you hear that? Clint, did you hear that entire recap of how bad your team is doing in the Team Challenge series right now? 
I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically Clinton's thing because obviously the the prize for whichever manager wins the team challenge series and the person that drafted that team would get, you know, a month's power of the of this podcast. Get to decide, you know, what all the episodes are for a month. Yeah. For a month straight. This is Clint's way of saying I don't want the fucking power. I don't I thought he drafted some good teams so. He did. And that's the thing, is that like the team that's getting beat right now should have more than seven points. Yeah. But uh they don't. No. So alright. That's how the series is going. Alright. Yeah. Cool. Now we're on to our top 10 TNA wrestlers of all time. We did uh, 10 through 7 last time, so we got 6 through 1. My, uh, do you have your list? Do you, does everyone... Yeah, it's on my, uh, it's on my phone. Let me pull it up. Does right. everybody have their list? Of all right, chew and swallow, and then we'll uh, do yep. your thing. Uh Shark Boy was my number 10. I had Shark Boy, Petey Williams, The Beautiful People. And then didn't I have Christopher Daniels or no? I believe you did, yeah. I think I switched him with with this other. Yeah, no, you went Christopher Daniels. Okay. What was your 10 through 7? Scott Steiner, Douglas Williams, Mickey James, and Black Machismo Jay Lethal. Okay. Eric? Matt Morgan, Bobby Roode, Austin Kong, and Gail Kim. Clinton? Mars was it Your Money, Sting, and Gail Kim. All right. Who wants to start with their number seven? Or with their number six? I'll start. With your number six. Number Go seven. ahead, Eric. Mr. Kurt Angle. Um... I've said, I've said several times on the show, I kind of think he kind of had a better uh, TNA run, but that's just my opinion. But, um, yeah, Kurt, I like Kurt Angle in TNA. I thought he was wrestling. His feuds were fantastic, especially uh, especially small little one, because that, that lasted at least like four or five years. He kept going back to it. His run was Sting. Pretty good. It's uh, beautiful. Christian Page. It's fantastic. It gets dialed. And who else? Who else am I missing? Yes, Abyss. Um, the Dizzy Carter storyline, all that. It was it. And the Jeff Jarrett. There you go. So yeah, he had fantastic YouTube uh, yeah, and what's funny about Kurt is that even though Kurt had, like, a shit ton of problems at that time, he was he was going through, like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff with his divorce and uh, his addiction and the fact that, you know, he had to work with Karen. Yeah. Which, bad enough being married to that thing, but then having to work with her. Like I, I still contend to this day that Jeff, that Kurt Angle owes Jeff Jarrett a Christmas card every year because Jeff Jarrett is serving Kurt's lights. <laughs> uh, like 
But the Jeff Jarrett Kurt Angle storyline was kind of was kind of cool because like they were able to drag it on for so long. I mean, yeah, they had to use China at one point. Uh, but like for Jeff, Jeff and Kurt for two guys that really hated each other, and it kind of goes back to like the Matt and Edge thing too. You know, back years ago when they were kind of feuding real life over Lita. You thought they had good chemistry? Yeah, they had really good chemistry, just like Kurt and Jeff had really good chemistry. Yeah. I like their matches together. Uh, I thought Kurt Angle's TNA run was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. But it's it's a wild one, too. It's not all fucking sunshines and rainbows. No. And he was definitely going through a difficult time in his life, and that's what the whole... Perk Angle stuff comes from and stuff like that, but he did have some of his best matches. Likes of Abyss, seeing him do that fucking like uh, 360 flip onto Abyss on the table. Yeah. Off the stage. Uh, great, great, great chemistry with AJ. It felt like always money just to put those two out against each other. Uh, he could obviously do stuff with Christian. Yep. He was good with Christian. Him and Sting had great chemistry. Like he was just. And he was the legitimate guy that he never hurt TNA by coming. You know, like, they didn't need the Nasty. They didn't need Hogan. They didn't need – Christian definitely helped. Sting definitely helped. And I think Kurt definitely helped. And uh, I think he made it legitimate. And he was, like, the guy to make Samoa Joe look tough. In, in 2006, 2005, 2006, when they really started – because when Spike TV picked them up, yeah. They really wanted to start being taken seriously. How do you get taken seriously? You bring in Team 3D, that very first episode of Impact on Spike. Uh, then you sign Christian Cage, who would then have the greatest career he could ever have. Yes. And then what do you do? I mean, even though it wasn't necessarily a good look because you fired him after he got suspended for failing a drug test in WWE, but you bring him in, but you like take all this pressure off his shoulders. Yeah. Because you're taping, because Impact was still an hour show at the time. So, and you would go to work once a month. You take four episodes in one shot, then you're done. Maybe do a house show, but the big names really didn't have to do the house show because the main event house show was usually AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, so you do like all that, or like so it, it's like the like it's not that much of a workload because it's only an hour show. You only have the one show. I mean, you kind of have explosion, but they take those. Ma- it's like one match an episode, and it was on online at the time. It wasn't even a fucking show anymore. Yeah. So, you know, you're, uh, it was the easiest schedule Kurt could get. So, yeah, even though he was kind of screwed up at the time, the work was easy. Yeah. It was like WCW easy, except for, you know, Dixie had people working for her that were trying to make the company better. Yeah. Not like Bischoff, who had people on his committee that were trying to take over and make things better for themselves. Make it worse, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, Dixie was making it worse just by being there, but like they had people on that committee where it's because I think in 2006, the committee was, and I know making things right and Vince Russo in the same sentence doesn't work. Yeah. But you had Vince Russo, you had Jeff Jarrett, you had Scott Moore. No dictate. You had Vince Russo, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Moore, Dutch Mantel, Savio Vega, Jim Cornette, Terry Taylor, yeah. Mike Tanay. Yep. That that was your committee. Okay. Jeff Jarrett would then uh, take off for a while because his wife was ha- his wife at the time, Jill was having health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had these guys that like, they knew the business and they weren't necessarily trying to get each other or get themselves over. Right. Cause none of them were on TV at the time, except for Cornette. Cause he was the, uh, um, cause he was the on-air authority figure. So that was the perfect working environment for Kurt. Except for, you know, the fact that he was still using at the time. Uh, he was still using at the time, but like, you know, his body wasn't getting beaten on as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that definitely helped, but also he was just – he will, the matches were tough work, though. You forgot that they were really – like, he had a lot of scraps and wars. Yeah. And uh, that definitely takes a toll on your body. Well, no, it, it does. I'm just saying is that, like, He's he didn't have to do it frequently. as much. Yeah, yeah. And that definitely is a big help. But, you know, when you're doing 360 flips off of shit, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh I like Kurt a lot in TNA. I thought he put on some really good matches. I thought he was involved in really good storylines. I thought he made that main event mafia deal. Uh, and, and all I remember of Kurt's TNA run is just him going, ah, a lot, like screaming at the camera and shit. Yeah, which he looked like fucking, like, cause when they, when they tried to peg him at one point as like the world's most dangerous wrestler. Yeah, and I thought he fitted in that role. I like dangerous, mean, angry Kurt. I know you like funny, fun, fun-loving Kurt, like Attitude Era, start of the Ruthless Aggression yeah. Kurt. And I like that Kurt, too. But the wrestling machine, like, fucking, I'll slit anybody's throat and give them an ankle lock at the same time. Like, he's just he was just, like, killer for a while, and he especially at TNA. There was no more – he did some jokingly stuff sometimes, but there wasn't a lot of fun to be had. Right. It was mainly like he was serious and it was all about business. And you mainly remember that gaze in his eyes that he had all the time. Yeah. But I, I thought Kurt's TNA run was was awesome. All right. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, but I, I think I'm going to steal him off a couple people's list. I got the Motor City machine guns. I took them off mine. Okay. Uh, I don't have them on mine. Make the cut. They didn't make the cut. Okay. Uh, I love beer money. I liked uh, LAX. I liked uh, America's Most Wanted. Motor City Machine Guns are the best TNA tag team of all time. In my eyes. By the way, they're still there. They're still there. Well, I mean, well, well they made their way back. They, they, they made like their they way back. The whole time. I mean, well. Because, like, you, you know, you say they're still there because, you know, yeah. we see all the time 
you know, we've seen many times how they celebrated, like, when they celebrated 20 years since Shelton Benjamin made his debut. Yeah. He was gone for eight years. Yeah. In between. He was. By the way. Uh, you know, Rey Mysterio, he was gone for, he was gone for four years, I think. Uh, and then, you know, Jeff Hardy, he was gone, for, he was gone for 10 and they still celebrated his 20 year anniversary. So everyone, you know, they still celebrate like their, uh, you know, their anniversary and say, oh, they're, well, they're still here. Well, the guns had, uh, you know, the guns had gone away. I mean, Alex Shelley even had, you know, a match in NXT. They were going to bring him in as Kushida's tag team partner. That would have been cool. And they worked as uh, as the time splitters. They worked the, the Dusty Cup, but they lost in the first round, And which was what Alex Shelley wanted to do. Yeah. Alex Shelley did not want to win. Alex Shelley saw the grizzled young veterans the team they were facing as a uh as a good heel tag team. They thought they should go far. And Alex Shelley had even said he go because Alex Shelley also liked a team of Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. So he's like, let them win. Like I don't have to. I'll do the I'll do the the deal for Kushida. I'll come in and I'll be his partner. But after that, like you don't need me. That's crazy. Uh, and then him and Saban made their way back. And, you know, they are one of the best tag teams. Cause they started out, they were a tag team of, of little guys, of X-Division guys. Then they became this team. And they had momentum for a while. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, they kind of tapered off when, uh, you know, 3D you know, decided, okay, they did the job for him once, but then afterwards, Bubba's just like, I ain't putting him over anymore. Yeah. Like, so then, like, kind of got pushed aside for a while, but then in 2010, when they got that big break, and they did that best of five with beer money, and they won the titles. Like, that was their best success. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, I think they were the top tag team, just whenever they were there. Yeah, especially like his beer money. Beer money was best as heels, and the babyface team, their arch rivals were the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, they didn't have another arch rival. Yeah, uh, because those two teams had the best matches when they were against one another. Yeah, that's the two tag teams you remember. Yeah, and I just both guys are amazing. Exactly. They like work like lovely and. They're good separate, but they're even better together. Yeah. All right, Clint, who's your number six? I got Bobby Lashley. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. I mean, I, from what I've seen, I mean, he's great. He's great in the ring no matter where he goes, especially after – First leaving the UE, going there, winning the world title, things he did with MVP, matches he had on there, on there. I mean, how can you not put this guy on a list, on anybody's list? 
right? The the one thing yeah. though that like kind of bugs me. I mean, and last week did good, but like when they did that whole America's Top Team, when uh, when Dan Lambert was in uh, was in Impact. At this time, I think they were even known as uh, Global Force, and uh, they did the uh, they did that angle where you know, and that's actually where you know the first time uh, Kobe Covington really kind of it was in TNA. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, the angle wow. was. Uh, Bobby Lashley loses a match to Matt Seidel. Yes. All right. And referee, the referee that counted, I forgot which referee it even was, uh, got choked out by Colby. So then they started the deal where, uh, so it's just like, okay, you know, guys, you shouldn't be doing this. And then, uh, but then, you know, and Tim Cornette was there at the time, and he's just like, Bobby, you have to keep these guys under control. Because he was going to punish them himself, and Bobby's like, I will take care of my team. You give me my title back. I should be the the GFW champion right now. Right. And it's like, well, you're not. I forgot about the GFW shit. Yeah. And then uh, the next week, Colby yeah. choked him out again, and then Scott Demore came out and tried to – uh, you know, kind of diffused the situation, and Dan Lambert, thinking he was a tough guy, you know, knocked him on his ass. Really? Yeah. And then that kind of started a whole thing. And then, uh, you know, the feud there uh, with Bobby Lashley and Moose, and, and then King Mo got involved. And uh, but Bobby had some. Bobby was best. Well, Bobby's best anywhere as a heel because he's a monster. Uh, The only thing I did not like uh, about his TNA run was when they let his his wife at the time, Crystal Marshall, be his manager because she was annoying. Oh, they're not married anymore? No, Lashley smartened up. <laughs> Lashley realized. Lashley realized in order to be successful, you shouldn't be married. Uh, Hopefully, he had a prenup. <clears throat> uh, would be a good idea. All right, what's your number seven or six? Rhino. Damn good pick. Uh, Damn good pick. I thought he kind of made an early uh, TNA. He did, and like that whole – I always felt like he got – and he's kind of the exception. Or he's kind of like the start of the whole you have to send the crowd home happy at Bound for Glory. Yeah. But then like uh, – because at Bound for Glory 2005, he busted his ass. He won Monsters Ball. Then he won that 10-man gauntlet. Then he won the NWA title from Jarrett. Yeah. Well, then a week later, which was actually taped like two days later, when uh, TNA had their first primetime special, Jarrett got the belt back, which again, and I kind of explained this last week, it wasn't necessarily Jarrett. It was that stupid NWA board of directors who yeah. they decide who the champion is. 
and they had because Jerry Jarrett still had had a say, yeah. and I think him and Jeff were still talking at the time. Uh, Jerry felt like TNA was best with Jeff as the NWA champion. They were wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Rhino, I think, got a got a raw deal there. But that also started his babyface run and then, like, you know, the wild-ass matches he had with Abyss. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, feuding, like... <laughs> I, you know, he did, you know, he, at Slammiversary 2006, he did uh, what everybody, including Mike Tanay and Don West, uh, what, including Mike Tanay and Don West, what everybody wanted him to do, and that's gore that, in Rhino's words, that fat little bastard, Scott Damore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I remember, like, because Team Canada actually cost Rhino, like, uh, the NWA title and Rhino's rematch with Jared, I think at that December 05 pay-per-view. Yeah. And uh, Rhino got on the mic and he said, he goes, I am going to go through every member of Team Canada until I get to that fat little bastard, Coach Tamore. And as soon as he said fat little bastard, you heard Tanay and Wes go, woohoo! It's just like, uh, guys, he's kind of like he's kind of in charge of the committee of your company. That's funny. Uh, but no, Rhino, and then like you know, Rhino had a lot of the starts and stops because he was dealing with his own issues at the time too, right? And then you know he's also going through a divorce, and the old lady took his, uh, you know, took his daughter, and they moved to Germany. Yeah. Uh, but Rhino was a constant. From like 2000, you know, from uh, 2005 to probably about 2009, 2010. He was, you know, probably not necessarily like their best worker, but he busted his ass. And like when they needed like that hardcore, like, you know, beat the shit out of each other type match, they always called Rhino. Yeah, and the gore was always fun because it was a cooler name than the spear. Yeah. And, and when he hit you, because he was so big, like, he he really could cut people in half. Well, I mean, not actually, like... No, but he does, yeah, his gore is, like, better than Goldberg's spear. It's better than Edge's spear. Well, Edge does it in a different way, but I think Rhino might have the best one. Yeah. Rhino's had such an interesting career just as a whole for being, like, the last, like, face of ECW, which Paul wanted, but it was, like, dying. And then doing the WWE run and having, like, somewhat success. And, like, the matches with Jericho were really good. And, like, he he did a couple things here. I remember him and Benoit for the title on that draft episode of Raw. Yeah. Uh, he did a few things here and there, and he was, like, presented in, in good lights. Like, especially on Paul Heyman's SmackDown, he was pretty, pretty you know. Yeah, he, he, was, he was pretty well featured. Yeah, but – and then – the whole TNA thing, and he was kind of big, and then everyone's like, how is Rhino a main eventer? Like, it was kind of surprising as a kid. But then he comes back to WWE some years later, fucking teased with Heath Slater, and it makes money, actually. It, like, is a big draw a little bit. Yeah. Like, Rhino's had an interesting career. Rhino's had an interesting career, and the fact that he kind of... I'm not sure if he's still in TNA or not. But he was a success with Heath. Him and Heath had a good thing going. Yeah, which they actually took it back to Impact. Yeah. 
you know, I'm sure it's not the same or anything, but it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. And remember him as the Santa when he was drunk on the one episode of Talking Smack? Yeah. Uh, so they went back to Impact, him and uh, him and Heath, and they were doing like this battle royal. I think it was at Bound for Glory or something like that. And it was uh, basically the stipulation was it was called the Call Your Shot uh, Battle Royal, the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Yeah. And if you win, you can get a title shot. Well, Heath entered. If he won, he would get a contract. But also, if he or Rhino won, Heath would get a contract. Heath injured his leg halfway through the match. He was supposed to win. So, they they Damn. they were going to hire him. Yeah. But he got hurt. So they was halfway through the match. Somebody got the word to Rhino. It's like, all right, your partner got hurt. You got to fucking win this thing. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna get Heath his job. I was <laughs> like, cool. All right. Yeah. So he gored the shit out of whoever he had to gore, and he won the match. And him and Heath, you know, ended up being a team again. And they are former Impact Tag Team Champions. Nice. Uh. Yeah. So that. So, yeah, so they were able to bring that into two different places. Very good. All right, Eric, number five. My number five is what I consider the best tag team in the um, NA history, in my opinion, uh, Beer Money. Uh, we, we briefly talked about it last week. I think their run was great. Um, they reunited in 2015, you guys said, for a bit, a little bit. Was it? Huh? No, I said they, they reunited for a, a bit in 2015, was it? 2015? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just love these two as tag team and singles, because I, obviously I had Bobby Roode that in... It's my number nine or number whatever I had on my list earlier as a single competitor. So, yeah, I love Bobby Roode. And uh, Game Storm was pretty decent as a singles. He's better known as a tag team, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, and what's funny about them is the fact that they, when they got put together, they were, you know, two kind of mid-card single stars. Yeah, they were. And, uh... You're damn right there. Yeah. Were. And then they get put together, and they actually make a really good team. You know, they get the titles. They, you know, they do all this stuff, you know, obviously as a team. And they were together, you know, before they split up, they were together for three years. Yeah, that's nuts to me that they were only together for three years. They were such a big tag team. Yeah. It's amazing how, like, runs seem like they've gone, they go for so long, but then they only go for, like, three years. I did like, and I love yeah. I love Bobby Roode, too. I did like James Storm better with Chris Harris. 
America's Most Wanted has a special place in my heart more than Beer Money. Yeah, it, but I do like mine the, too. Beer Money is still a great tag team, and they had good tag teams to work with and stuff, and them and the Guns. But TNA's tag team division to me was better in the early days with A and W. They had better guys to go against. Yeah, as opposed oh, yeah. to like D and the nasty shit. <laughs> yeah, like this kind of remind me of um, Cesaro and uh, Sheamus. Because it was then, it was beer money, it was the guns, and then it was a retirement home. Yeah. Well, because, like, 3D was kind of in and out. They split them up. They brought the Bucks in for a little bit as Generation Me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, no, like, with beer money... Like when they start when they started out and like they started out because they did have a really good feud with uh, with LAX and then you know obviously it transitioned and that's the other team I forgot LAX is really good yeah the homicide Hernandez group yeah right and that's the thing is that like yeah. it, they were really good as heels though uh, like with well here's the thing they were good as baby faces too. But, like, the heel version with Conan, they got too much heat because Conan was really trying to push that we hate America thing. Yeah. Which was actually getting Hernandez real-life heat with his father. Really? Yeah. Pops didn't like that? No. Was he a patriot? Yeah. He's a a war veteran. Okay. He was a war veteran. And when they did that segment where where Conan wanted to burn the American flag, uh... Pops told Hernandez, he's like, we're never speaking again. Well, and it's also like, I understand like the Russian shit with with Rusev and, and why USA versus Russia has always been a, you know, wasn't the original Red Dawn Russians? Yeah. Yeah, so and Russia and, and fucking America have always been at odds. I get the Iran stuff, of course, and Sergeant Sl- I like, I get a lot of, but like, Mexico, <laughs> like we're pretty cool, you know. We have, we do a good trade, like yeah. They're, I I understand, like and JBL fucking JBL's border patrol shit from that shit is crazy. That's cancelable material right there. Yeah, some of the, like and, and some of the stuff they've done is love, but like I don't really know about uh like people from Mexico hating America like that. Like I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe it is. Do, then why the hell are they all trying to get here? I, I think that would be another, but I mean, but it, that that's a that's Republican share. That's not my views. I, I'm I'm unbiased on. No, I'm just saying. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm saying that we don't really have a beef with them. No, right. there's been never to me to my knowledge, yeah. it's never been like fuck America, fuck me. Like I've right. never seen that beef. Even like like soccer, I've never seen yeah. it. I've never. It's not like we've we've never went to war with Mexico. Right. You know, it's never, I've never really, oh, so that was a weird angle to take at the time. Right. And, and you know, you talk about the JBL yeah. thing. Bruce Pritchard tells a story that when they went to shoot the angle, they went to the person's, went to the person's field or what, they went to the wrong field. Really? Yeah. Like they went to go shoot the angle and the person that like owned the field or whatever came out with his gun. And he's like, what are you guys doing on my field? It's like, oh yeah. no, you said we could be here. And then it was like the field, like next door. Yeah. They went to the wrong house. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And Bruce is just like, whoops. I was just like, and you're Vince's right hand man. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Uh, and those, yeah, and those, those don't age well either. That's stupid. But that's a little more like at least you've heard of that. Yeah. And you know that 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 was well, that was South fucking, Park did an episode on uh, trying to stop people from coming across the border. Yeah. Well, because South Park doesn't give a fuck. But. And I don't like the JBL shit. To me, that's like kind of racist and it's yeah. fucked up. And it's like you don't need. And but that's Vince's stupid sense of humor. And, and at the time, it was a different climate, and all that shit plays into yeah, it. Yeah, you can but, get away with that shit. But it's not even. I'm not bringing racial shit into. I've just never heard of like Mexico and Mexicans being like, yeah, fuck America. Right. Like so, I I never knew of that beat. Yep. But was LAX like Eric's number five, or do we go off topic again? Well, no, we no beer talking. money is. Yeah, right. beer money. But we, we got into LAX a little bit. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we... you forgot about LAX. Yeah. Homicide and Hernandez is the best version of that yeah. team. Which way. originally was not supposed yeah. to be. Uh... And I like Santana and Ortiz. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I do like them. Right. But the original LAX was actually, it wasn't supposed to be Hernandez. It was supposed to be Apollo. Who the fuck's Apollo? Uh, from oh. IWA Puerto Rico. He was basically, he was a Puerto Rican rock. Oh, really? Uh, was he a good talker? Oh, wow. In Puerto Rico, where they could understand him, yeah. Oh, so he was a good Puerto Rican promo. Yes. <laughs> uh, there you go. Look at and, Apollo. And he also used to rock bottom as his finisher, which he in Puerto Rico, they called the Fondo del Abismo. Really? Yeah. Uh, which I'm assuming translates into rock bottom. Hondo Belabismo. You're not up on your Puerto Rican there, Jerry? I am not. All right. That's all right. Uh, I'm uh, not either, man. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, Yeah, me neither. I don't think you're getting any Puerto Rican out of this podcast. Uh, Unless we hit up Google Translate. uh, Maybe later. All right. Uh, I had an inappropriate joke in my head, but I'm letting it go. Beer Money's uh, a great team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Beer Money. James Storm and Robert Root. They, that's a, it's, God the, bless you. it's TNA's best case of opposites attract because they are two completely different people. The Team Canada, like fresh, swaggy version of, uh, but yeah, what she said. That's this Puerto is, Rican. This is how you say it in Spanish, anyway. There you go. Punta Mas Bajo. Punta, isn't that? <laughs> Doesn't it, that sound like he was just saying? Actually, I'm not. I can't even say it. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, beer money's a great team. Uh, but opposites attract. So yeah. the cowboy James Storm and like the prish, the posh, you know, preppy Robert Rude. Like, yeah. The preppy Canadian. Yeah. They they work. Well, the man who thought he controlled Wall Street. All right, we got to move on now, or else Clint is going to be right. We're going to have to do five parts yeah. for our list. God so, knows uh, we can't let him be right. Uh, next up, my number five. Uh, okay. All I can say is I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> I told you. You're right. Uh, all right, my number five. I went with someone uh, a little, maybe not on everybody's list. But someone who I think is fucking awesome, Austin Aries. And 
to me, he's one of those guys that's underrated and overrated at the same time, uh, which is, is like, he's a really good wrestler and he doesn't really get his due a lot of the time, but he's kind of a dickhead. He's self-inflicted. Yeah, he's got CM Punk syndrome, not even just because he looks like him, but he's just kind of a diva. The whole shit with John Morrison really pisses me off that he couldn't do business. I hate that shit. But uh, He did an interview about that the other day, by the way. Really? Did he have any remorse? Or? Uh, he, well, he said the one thing he regrets about because the whole thing was supposed to be he was supposed to come back and continue the feud. Like, the whole thing of you know him no-selling and all that. Like, that was supposed to be a continuation of the feud. But they could never renegotiate. They couldn't uh, come to terms on a new contract. That wasn't planned, though, was it? No, it wasn't. Him not doing business? That was not booked. That was just him not doing business. No, he he took the pin. Yeah, but him, you're saying him not doing the business was to continue the feud. Him getting up, no selling the feud, and then acting like. He wasn't supposed to do that, though. Acting like he was frustrated, yeah, was part of the feud in his head, though, right? It wasn't booked that way. Well, that's what he's telling people. He's a liar. I, I've heard many people say that's not true. John Morrison was like, "I don't even like that fucking guy." I, I'm telling you what he told. I am just saying. So he's saying he, it was planned. Yes, that would have been a better header <laughs> that it's planned. Yeah, that's crazy. That's news because I didn't think it was planned. Again, that's what he's saying. I mean, I don't necessarily – and, again, I personally don't like the idiot either. Yeah. I I think he's a dick. Like, the whole – like, he has some views on certain things uh, that, you know, are – that are completely – in a lot of people's eyes, mine included, are completely wrong. Yeah. I I know – like ever since the pandemic happened, he can't even get booked because he was going around telling people, fuck the mask mandate. If you're not comfortable wearing a mask, these people can go fuck themselves and just have to deal with the fact that you don't have one on. I'm never wearing a mask. And it's just like, dude, it's for safety. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about his music. Uh, I'm, him as a wrestler. Uh, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. He's just, He's a very good wrestler who, if he shut up, he would be a lot better. Yeah, he's got, like I said, CM Punk syndrome. Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's just kind of full of himself. But he has delivered in the ring multiple times. He's one of the best X Division guys. He, him making the transition and being like a main eventer for TNA, he was one of the last guys to really work for them. Yeah. And that was like, he was one of their last kind of draws to like a, a really good main eventer he became. So I, Austin Aries, I, I think really ranks high. And the fact that him and Pac had really good matches in WWE yeah. for that weight title. And the fact that we got that moment in time where that got to happen is just cool. The fact that him and Pac got the fight for the, like, and, and the fact that, this all happens. Pac beats him every time, and then Pac loses the title to fucking Enzo a few like a month later. Yeah, is a catastrophe. But Austin Aries to me will go down as one of the better workers. Uh, and he was like a good. He could slow. I like Austin Aries. He could slow things down and also speed things up. And he's one of those guys that kind of dictated the pace of a match, and I thought it was cool. Yeah, I definitely. And yeah. like the thing about his. 
WWE run is that like he was supposed to like they were supposed to like do this like big storyline w- with him and Jack Gallagher. Yeah. And it ended up being Jack Gallagher ended up being kind of partnered up with uh with um with Brian Kendrick instead because Austin Aries like the day after they shot the angle to where it's just like okay you know you and I were gonna form a team yeah and you know we're gonna be like a tag team now uh Austin Aries then says fuck this company I'm out yeah uh which which again you know that's just him you know unfortunately you know. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily legal to remove somebody's tongue. If it was, I, he'd be the first one I'd volunteer to have that done. Well, him and Punk. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, he's a shit. Where's he now? Is he still in TNA? No. He he Eric, he's not anywhere right now. Nobody will hire him. Yeah. He still deserves it. He was like one of the first people that had all all the bouts before, like Kenny Omega and. Shit, Adam. Kenny Omega. Yeah, he had like four belts at one time. Yeah. He was kind of the man in that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that he wasn't. I'm just. Yeah. I know. And I I understand we can say all his flaws too. But like on a top 10 list, I'm just saying he's good too. (laughs) I don't want him to get lost. Right. Yeah. He would be in my top 15. Well, there you go. I'd put him in my top 11. I actually did. <laughs> I I actually did like him, like his run in DNA. Like I I can't really shit talk it that much. Yeah, you know I could try. His work in TNA was really good, and I thought WWE was even all right too. Yeah, the stuff it, it, like the stuff it was with fun him in commentary. And, yeah. Oh, that was that was. Sick. Him on commentary was fun. Uh, but, yeah. I agree. All right, who's next? Clintus? I think so. My number yep. five will be Mr. Anderson. The asshole. That's a great pick. I enjoy, all right, hey, look, those formulas you did definitely work. I try to keep people's personal lives out of the personal, okay? <laughs> like, the behind-the-scenes page, uh, to me, I'm looking for, like, the entertainment. And he entertained me. <laughs> what, Anderson? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, Anderson, I, he's on my list. That was Daniel who said the asshole. <laughs> No, that's his gimmick. He he was the asshole, right? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. what. No, I'm not saying I, I don't. I don't know if he's a good. I don't care about that either. I I'm I'm there to be entertained as well. I don't give a shit about the. And, yeah. But he's the exactly. asshole. That's his whole thing. Yeah. No, that was it. That was his gimmick. Yeah. And, I, I loved him. Yeah. Yep. Now was he better as a baby face or a heel? I don't. I liked. I just thought he was likable. I always kind of liked him. So. Remember. Uh, the TNA show and the TNA show we went to with Brandon, and he wrestled Samoa Joe that night. Yes, in the Bound for Glory series, and like he did a shtick like beforehand, and they started chanting Kennedy, Kennedy, and he goes, "No, that guy died in a train wreck a long time ago." 
Yeah. And you can actually watch that train wreck every Monday night. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. He was kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's going downhill. It's like, nah, bro. You guys were going down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think WWE's all right. What's TNA doing? Right. I, I, and another thing I'll never forget about that night is, like, they, him and Kurt Angle were doing a signing in the restaurant at the Buffalo Bison Stadium, like a restaurant that's inside the the Duntire Park or Coca-Cola Field or whatever the fuck it was called at the time. Yeah. And, like, they were doing a signing of their action figures. And somebody was hemming and hawing as to whether or not they wanted to go to that signing. And then by the time that somebody decided that they wanted to go, the cutoff had just been Somebody made it? But yeah, but Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah, even if he is an asshole. I like it. He had good work. One that of the best, though. He had with Bully was good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Him and Bully actually had really good chemistry with one another. Like, even when TNA was going downhill, but they were feuding as uh, aces and aces. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody's got anything else? Yeah, no way. No. All right. Good talk, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, is it, uh, I got to go next, right? My number five? Yeah. Your turn. All right. Yeah. Uh, Sting. Talked a lot about wow. his run last I week. I Huh? I thought he was going to be higher on your list. Wow. Uh, I've seen it higher on my list. <laughs> well, if they talk louder, I'm here. You're talking loud. I heard him. I'm surprised that he's high, He's not higher on your list. I'm surprised, yeah. too. Only five? Yeah. I'm, I'm on my list higher than you do. Yeah. Well, I thought that there were... I was trying to do... People that, you know, were better, like, associated, better known for their TNA runs. Sting, to me, will always be WWE. Okay. Hey, I agree. Okay. I think that that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. So, I mean, even though technically my number two will kind of throw this theory out the window, but that's like... Uh, that's like three numbers from now, and knowing how how much we go into detail, probably next week's show. Uh, but no, I mean we talked a lot of, about him last week because he was on Clinic list. Yes. When he came in, he basically just came in as a favor to the Jarrett's, but then he became like the, the face of the company. <laughs> He's one of like he's a he's good, one of them. He's a pillar of the company. Yeah. All right, that, that's he probably one a be- of the pillars. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a better way to put it. You know, <laughs> how many times are you gonna argue with me every time I try to praise Sting? It's a podcast. I try to give this guy his flowers, and you're pissing on him. Well, he gets plenty of flowers. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's great. I love him. 
I think his TNA runs a tad bit overrated in areas. The Joker shit was kind of stupid in hindsight. Looking at it, does not age well. It's kind of uh, yeah. No, when we watched it a couple weeks ago, I was just like, Wait yeah. I actually tried to defend this. He's had some good moments, and the theme song is the best theme song of all time. Yeah, <laughs> and that shit's pretty cool. I I personally like one of my favorite parts about him was when he was the general manager. Okay. Cause when he came out, like he was making decisions and all that. And uh, like the one time he came out because Madison rain fired uh, Tara and Tess Mocker because okay. she was told that uh, Karen Jarrett, apparently like when after sting had fired the Jarrett, Karen had given Madison rain her powers VP of the knockout. And then Sting came out and said, uh, Madison, you really don't have power. You don't have power. And she's like, and Madison, you know, in that screechy voice, she goes, she gave me her power. And Sting goes, well, I got the power. Or I can't screech like that. Like, I'll blow a, a couple of vocal cords. Uh, but, like, he just starts screaming. He's like, well, I got the power. And she's like, no. She's like, yes. Yeah. And it's kind of it, that was just kind of funny. I mean, it's better if you watch it. It's better if you watch it yourself. Cause, I like your redness. Yeah. Well, if I could scream loud. I could talk pretty loud, but I can't scream. <laughs> I was going to say you talk loud as fuck. Yeah. But, uh, but I can't scream. Like, if I scream, I'll blow a... <laughs> I mean, it'll be better for you. <laughs> Uh, I never yeah. heard you scream, Doug. Huh? I've you never heard you scream before. He screamed at you a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> you forgot. Uh, he tries to block that out. Yeah, I try to forget that. Well, I guess it's more of a yell. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I yell at him. I don't scream it's at him. Like <laughs> All right, who's number four? Wait, you did Sting, right? Yeah, I did Sting. Number four is... Go ahead. Ready? Yeah. My number four is uh, AJ Styles. It's a good pick. Um, (laughs) What else is there to say about the man? He's amazing. In the ring. Outside the ring. He's an amazing guy. I'm going to save some for you, uh, Daniel, so... No, we don't need to. Oh, yeah, because we know who it's not on my list. <laughs> Fuck AJ Styles. I'm just kidding. You know he's on my Yeah, I'm going to save. I want to say a lot because I, I know I want to I want to give him. I want you to have things for him. Oh, you're such a sweet guy. You can talk about him, though. I mean, he's great. Oh. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's, <laughs> Sorry, Clinton. <laughs> but he's, no, he's, everybody was great. Yeah, he's great. I don't know I, which, which one's best feud, but TNA, but they were all amazing. Yeah, I'll save. And the I'll fortune save. stuff was great. Yeah, I'll save my piece on him. And the Disney Carter storyline was great. So. Unfortunately, though, I'll leave all it at the that. rest of my list has been talked about. So then uh, maybe that'll move this show along because my next one. I'm next, right? Yeah, go ahead. My number four is Samoa yep. Joe. And he's been brought up, hasn't he? I was going to say, somebody brought up Samoa Joe at yeah, some point. Yeah, he's on my list. Clement, did you talk about him already? Yeah, no. 
No? Not yet. Oh, shit. Uh, Samoa Joe remains the Samoa Joe. I think I love him because as a I've been a chubby guy my whole life, and he makes fat guys look cool. He makes fat guys just look like he's a cool fat, and like, he's like a solid fat too. He's not jiggly. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not a fat slob. He is a. He's got tits. He, but, he's like, he's like, if you fuck with me, I will kill yeah. you. I will eat you, and yeah. I will poop you out. <laughs> like, he's the type to rip you in half. He's just like Brock Lesnar if he ate ice cream, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty Brock Lesnar spent a lot of his time in a bakery. <laughs> yeah, he's Samoa Joe. Yeah. I, just, I love Samoa Joe, and he's he's legitimate. He just looks legit, and he wrestles legit. He's agile. He can play around. He'll do super kicks. He's just He can do it all. He's a good promo. He's a great heel. This the even the stuff in WWE going after AJ and his wife was fucking. Yeah. He can be like a cruel piece of shit. Like he's a good bad guy, not so one of those guys that is just good as bad guy though. Yes. Don't love his baby face stuff and, unless he's just being funny. Unless on he's commentary. in a poncho. On commentary, he's a good baby face. Yeah. Uh, Although the poncho, I think, ruined his career. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I've always enjoyed, and even now he's still doing his thing. Fucking in a in a main event angle with uh, MJF. Uh kind well, of. I mean, really, well, that but, was yeah. it, that ended. Okay, but, but he's he, been doing shit. He with is him. the Ring of Honor Television Champion. That's got to count for something. Well, by the way, he's held the belt for a year. As long as reigning now. Well, there as you long as reigning, he be champion now. So he's still working. He's still doing his thing. Uh, but his definitely prime was back then and he was fucking killing it and he was the man. I wish he would have had more of a WWE run. Samoa Joe has an interesting career too, but TNA, he is a TNA guy. He's one of those homegrown, even though he's from ROH so a lot of those guys will say no, he's ROH with Punk and all that, but his TNA stuff with AJ, Kurt, anybody, he just, he could put out a great match with anybody. He was always good. Oh yeah. Uh, the only like like there's a couple flops like Evan O'Coin the main event mafia when he should have been fighting them and, and shit like that and oh, when getting he, the tattoo that looked like a penis and, and stuff like that yeah which Mike Tyson actually copied and fucking <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm Mike Tyson it looks great but I I so there there was there was a couple flops but he was the majority of his run he was the man. Yeah. I guess Mike. I guess Samoa Joe, in order to not get made fun of for that, too, I guess he just had to bite off somebody's ears. Because that was the period when it's like these guys could really compete with WWE. Yeah. When it was him, AJ, Christian, Kurt, like Sting, uh, and then like Beer Money eventually and Motor City. Like that was like they could really actually compete. They, they got a good roster. In 2010, when they made the move, when they were going to start competing on Monday nights with WWE. Like, if you actually took the time to watch their show, their show was better. The problem is, is that nobody took the time to watch their show. Yeah, because wrestling wasn't popular anyway. Yeah. W- and, and you were only going to pick one wrestling program. Yeah. Because uh, apparently nobody had ever heard of DVRs. Uh, so you're only going to watch one show. And uh, unfortunately, it was going to be, you know, you were going to pick Raw. Even though... A lot of raw in the early 2010s stuck. <laughs> exactly. All right. What is, who's your number yep. four? My number four 
is Lee Ray. It's a good one. Look, I, I I'll be the first to admit I hate that fucker, <laughs> but his TNA runs proved that he could be a a true main eventer. So I will give yeah. him his flowers. I know he'd probably prefer if we gave him cakes and pies. That piece of shit. But he's the fucking he was the man though. He did like Devon had his runs and. and uh, as much as I have a soft spot for Reverend Devon and stuff like that, th- this was Bully Ray coming in. When he beat the hell out of AJ Styles and we watched that live and he had him like on a stretcher going and the way the crowd was reacting, it's like Bubba's finally figured it out. He like Bully Ray was the probably the best thing he's ever come up with, aside from the Dudley boys. Yeah. yeah. But I'm gonna let Clinton talk about it. It's his pack. Well my my main thing was not only that, but I think Bully Ray proved, I think, besides like a Hardy Boys fight straighten up to go, we always wonder. We always wonder, can they, can a tag team split up and win a main event title and actually carry a company? I don't think the Hardy Boys did it, but I think Bully Ray proved that tag teams can split up and run a company. Yep. I mean, yeah, Jeff Hardy has some small group. But, yeah. Especially how he brought in aces and eights. Aces and eights have to be like one of the, be- the, the, the the best things coming, and then they just totally ran it to the ground like the NWO. Ooh. But <laughs> aces and eights, one of the best things out there. How he uh, sided with Hogan, the hook hook up with Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that he's still nailing Velvet Sky on that. You know? Yeah. So the, the funny thing about that, about, you know, when he got the title shot against Jeff Hardy and then he ended up revealing himself as the president of Aces and Eights, Hulk Hogan had set up a series of qualifying matches that night. Hmm. Or, like, leading up to, you know, him naming a new number one contender. And whoever won those qualifying matches they would be in consideration for the shot against Jeff Hardy. Bully couldn't compete because he had pulled his quad muscle uh, during the tables match. Brooke told her father, you know he looks up to you. You know he would like to be in consideration for the title shot. So because Hulk's idiot daughter talked her father into giving Bully the title shot... Bully won the title, and it turns out that Bully fucked him over anyway because he was part of Aces and Eights. And when, like, they were all pissed off about Bully, you know, betraying them, I was shouting at the TV. It's like, Brooke, you stupid bitch, you caused it. <laughs> like, if you would have just let your father just run the qualifying matches that he ran and picked from those guys, we wouldn't have to deal with this fucking shit. You <laughs> stupid. Well, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't. Yeah. But, like, you just... This is why no. yeah, like, do, not let, do not let family members that know okay. nothing about the business yeah. uh, run the business. <laughs> like, tell them to stay at home and shut up. Like, if they know nothing about the, and I know she was born in a business. She wasn't even born in a business. She was a singer. All right. 
they were uh, like she got into the business basically just because Hulk was just like I want my daughter here. Yeah. Uh, but like she does not know a wrist lock from a wrist watch. No. So like don't make any fucking decisions. Shut up. It's the same thing. Like Linda McMahon, Linda McMahon knew nothing about the wrestling business. I mean, she knew about business. She knew about like the the stocks and all that and making business decisions, but she knew nothing about wrestling. So like when they brought her on TV and all that, it's like keep her in the boardroom. Yeah. You know, have her make decisions on who gets paid what. Don't have her come in a ring and fucking make wrestling matches. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. But yeah, no, that's my big thing is people that are, you know, family members that don't know anything about the business that you are in should stay out of that business. A hundred percent. Yeah. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. If you don't really know shit, how are you going to give advice on it? Kind of a life thing. Uh, Yeah. Suggestions are fine, but. Yeah, like if I came up to you and told you how to do your job, you should kick me in the balls and throw me in the machine that you're running. <laughs> I I don't think I would go that far, but I'm giving you the suggestion. You can't go down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I'm signing off on it. It's fine. Uh, it's not fine. <laughs> but, but I appreciate it, I guess. All right, whose turn is it? Eric's or yours? You're last, right? Oh, yeah. Number right. Four? Oh, Anderson. Okay, we talked about it. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I thought his TNA run was pretty good. Uh, not really a lot to, to say about that. I mean, I enjoyed him as both a babyface and a girl. Me too. Because he could be fucking hilarious. But all right, whoever wants to go for with number three, or it's Eric's turn, right? Number yeah, three. Yeah, Number three is Small Joe. We just talked about him, so. This, see, Small this, Joe is a man. This is why we don't need to do a part three or whatever because we're getting to that time. Because a lot of the goats are on all of our lists. Because I got Gail Kim. And we already talked about her. Right? We did last episode. My little piece would be that yeah. she is the best women's wrestler outside of WWE to ever perform in my eyes. She's the woman goat. Like she, I, I think I said she was better than Trish last time. That was really bold. But Gail, yeah, Gail you did. I agree with that. She's one of my favorites as well. So th- there you go, Gail. I mean, yeah, and she was, yeah. she helped put that knockout division on the map, by the way. She made I, it. I've got nothing but good things to say about Gail Kim. I know that's very rare for me to say nothing but good things about a member of the other gender. But, uh, <laughs> you think she was hot. Well, that's one of the good things I could say about <laughs> But, no, she is just, and she's one of those people, you know, she has an office job with Impact right now. Good. With, with TNA. So, she should be running the joint. Well, she's having a lot. To, you're really going to attack me with a sucker? It's a dum dum. Yeah. Well, I've been attacked with many dum dums. <laughs> uh, that's just on the show. Uh, but uh, like, 
No, Gail is just like Gail is the perfect person to put in like an office role because she's been there before. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Planet. All right, number three. My number three was Kurt Angle, which we already hit up on. All right. Dougie? All right, I don't even know if we talked about this guy yet or not. This might actually make the show go longer. Eric Young. Or did we? No. Uh, He was... I'll call him the R-Truth of TNA. Yeah, and what's funny is that he could he could never be serious. He was either psychopath or dipshit. Yeah. There usually was no in between. Yeah. Again, I prefer dipshit. Which explains a lot about me. <laughs> but uh that was too much. Yeah. But like a lot of his stuff like he got he's main evented like he got the main event that uh what turning point oh seven that six man tag that it was supposed to be Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle and AJ and Tomko. Yeah. And uh Scott Hall no showed it no showed the event. They had no idea where the hell he was. He didn't call anybody. So um and so they basically just said, or they asked Joe, they said, who do you want your partner to be? And he originally wanted Homicide of LAX. And they're like, well, you know, Homicide's not really a big, I mean, we're doing stuff in LAX with him right now, but he's not necessarily a big name yet. So pick somebody that's on their way up to be a big name. He goes, all right, Eric Young. And they're like, all right, that's who we want. Cause they they wanted, didn't want Homicide? No. Uh, he was in the title picture a little bit, wasn't he? Not at that day. At that time, he was still part of LAX. But he did get there, didn't he? Yeah. He made a vet in something. No, no, not Homicide. Hernandez did. Homicide's unreal. Did he ever go for the NWA title? No, he, he was a Ring of Honor main eventer. Okay. He's a former Ring of Honor champion, which is one of the reasons why Joe wanted him out oh, Okay. But they uh, instead decided, okay, we'll put Eric Young out there. We'll get him uh, credibility, which they gave him a shit ton of credibility. What year was this? Oh, seven. Okay. Uh, But no, he was – the only thing I really did not like, even though I did like him, was when they gave him the TNA title three weeks after WWE did that moment with Daniel Bryan. And they tried to recreate it by having him beat Magnus. He won a gauntlet early in the night and then cashed in his title shot for the end of the night. Yeah. So he basically did what Daniel O'Brien did. Wrestled twice in one night, won the title, and it's just like uh and it's just like all right, I understand what you're trying to do. It was clear copying. Like yeah. the area shit after the punk shit and Yeah. And then uh, but one of my favorite things he did was his tag team and his, you know, quote unquote marriage to ODB and TNA. That was fucking hilarious. I love the stuff with ODB. I love the Sounds super. Disturbing. 
Oh yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. They, they used to bug the shit out of Jim Cornette on air. Like when him and Kaz won, or him and Kazarian won the tag titles. And uh, but then AJ and Tomko argued that you know Eric Young was supposed to be in the match, not Super Eric. And Super Eric would not divulge his identity. And Cornette's like, Eric, just say that you're Eric Young so we can move on. <laughs> he's like, I don't know this Eric Young that you speak of. And Cornette, like, you could see the steam coming out of his ears. So they're like, all right, fine. Kaz, I'm sorry. Your partner's being an ass. So I gotta strip you the titles. That's funny. And then, but like the whole the whole thing with ODB too is like when he won the TNA title and ODB was kind of still under contract, so she came out and celebrated with him a little bit. And Taz goes, "Well, you know that double wide is gonna be rocking tonight." <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was underrated, and I thought he was good as a part of uh, Team Canada too. When, that was his humble beginning. Yeah, when he would come out, when he was scared to death of that pyro. Yeah, he would freak out. Yeah. And Mike Kinney and Don West would always have a ball, you know, making fun of when he would get uh, when he would get nervous about that pyro and like it would scare the shit out of him. And then there was this one thing; it was actually in uh, their uh, Hall of Fame highlight video. When uh, Don West is just like, no, Eric, we're talking about the King of the Mountain. He goes, no, I'm talking about the King Elvis Presley because they were in Memphis. And Don goes, you found him. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, anytime he got to interact with Mike and Don when he was a goofy baby face, that was fucking gold. It was. All right. Eric, number two? My number two is Sting. The man they call Sting. Uh, um, what else is there saying by the guy? He's a legend. He was a legend in WCW. A legend in TNA. He had the company for a couple of years with AJ Styles. They begged him to come back. Not begged him, but he came back over twenty thousand E about that last week. Um yeah. He 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 was the face of of TNA for a while. Him and AJ. And Joe to an to an extent. Those three. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind. Of, it's kind of hard not to agree with that. Exactly. All right, my number two, and I like beer and money just as much as you guys. Even though I liked AMW better, but uh, and I like Bobby Roode a lot. I don't want it to be like I don't like Bobby Roode, but sorry about your damn luck. I gotta go with James Storm. It's only because he poured beer on you at that TNA house show. <laughs> it's not only because of that. Oh, he did? That's awesome. Yeah, he dredged me in it when I was young. (laughs) And then getting asked by Ma, getting that phone call when you got home. 
Yeah. Getting that phone call. Why does your brother smell like beer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> James Storm was the man, though. And he was, to me, he was always like the Steve Austin. Like, the cowboy shit just always worked for me. And the fucking, he was just badass. And, and I remember, like, just simple, like, lied. Like, even other people talking about him. Like, I remember AJ and Ric Flair were, were talking about when, when Fortune split up. And Rick was kind of going against uh, uh, Fortune. And Rick was talking to AJ. And he's like, I haven't even uh, uh, seen James Storm. Like, uh, you know, where is he? Or, or like, he, he said he would, like, he was grabbing a beer. And, like, AJ's like, he's always grabbing a beer or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he was, he made being an alcoholic cool. And those guys are always cool. Yeah. And, uh, Probably why he, I like um, Adam Page so much. And even as a heel, it was cool. He's kind of the same way. He is. Yeah, he, he is. And cow, Cowboy shit, too. Hangman is very similar to Cowboy, but Cowboy had more of an ACDC fucking rock star type of vibe. James Storm did. James Storm has oh, like, yeah, yeah. sorry about your damn luck. Like, he was just a cowboy. Like, a Hangman Adam Page is a little too new age for me. Cowboy or or fucking yeah. James Storm has always like hit you with the beer bottle as a heel, but even as a heel, he was likable and cool. And Bobby Roode was the real heel in that group. You know, one of my favorite early yeah. on James Storm feuds that he did was actually him and Eric Young for the beer drinking belt. That uh, was funny. Yeah, but him and Bobby had a good split up too. Yeah, and their title a, feud was fun. They had a good split up, and then like when they were really pushing him hard. And they did the music video for the song, which actually I believe was sung by Montgomery Gentry, by the way. Holy shit. And I think, Sharon, you might actually know that. I think one of the guys from Montgomery Gentry passed away, right? I honestly don't know. She doesn't know. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Doug's looking it up. They're going to stop the show for 15 minutes. Uh, uh, no, but James Storm was the man. Uh, and even on NWA, he's pretty cool when he wrestles there. Yeah. I mean, him and uh, Harris are kind of back now. Is and, I mean, they're not doing a lot, but... Uh, they're back? Yeah. Well, they wrestled at uh, Impact 1000. Oh, cool. Uh, I like those guys. Yeah. James is uh underrated. I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. And I know a lot of people give him like bad raps or say that I, I remember hearing Bruce Pritchard say that he was like a guy that was like afraid of his own success or some shit like that. Yeah, and uh you know, a lot of guys were like that. And Bruce kisses the ass of a lot of those guys. I thought James Storm he whatever he was Guy. Whatever, whatever it seemed like James Storm was given the ball, it felt like he rolled with it. So. Yeah, it was just they were just afraid yeah. to push. Uh, they were just afraid to push him. Like he should have beaten Bobby Roode in that cage match at Lockdown 2012. Yeah, but they felt like they ha- still had more meat on the bone with Bobby Roode. Uh, by the way, it was Troy Troy Gentry that died. So Montgomery's still around, but Gentry's not. Okay. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, it was actually weird. You know, um, 
Paul Montgomery is actually the ball guy in the group. I actually thought it was a ball guy that was dead, but it's actually the guy with hair. Aha! You feel vindicated? No, I feel bad for the guy. All right, Cletus. Number two. My number two is going to be Samoa Joe. Oh yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, and we brought him up. And I also, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll just say main reason why is the rivalry he had with Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle first debuted. The matches on the rivalry of matches and the Kurt Angle Samoa Joe rivalry and AJ Styles. One thing that really got me to TNA was the one he did with, um, with Kurt Angle. That was just awesome. I think that was actually like th- that first match between the two of them. I think that was like the the most pay-per-view buys uh, TNA ever did. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think up to that point, anyway. It was like their biggest buy rate ever. When is it? When is it? That's new. Well, yeah, because it, it was labeled as the dream match of the decade, and it, it, it really was. It was, yeah. Who's next? Okay. Hey. Raven. Stay up that high? Yeah. I love... It's the early, the early TNA stuff. So 2003 when he got there to 2006 when he really wasn't featured that much anymore. Yeah. But here's a guy too that, you know, he won the NWA title at Slammiversary 05. Uh, wasn't even really supposed to be in the match. Jeff Jarrett was, but then Jeff Jarrett was told that, you know, he shouldn't win the match. He didn't like it, so he's like, all right, if I'm not going to win the match, I don't want to be in it. And then they're like, you know what? We'll let uh, we'll let Raven in at that. Because Raven was going to replace somebody anyway. Really? Because they were uh, that's who the NWA wanted as champion. They so, wanted Raven? Yeah. Why? I, that I don't know. So they... Uh, he got in and like all the other stuff he did do, like, you know, he created that, that, uh, uh, he created that house of fun, you know, the house of fun, the weapons. Match. Those were fun. And then he created another match called the hangman tour. Where, uh, well, we call the hangman tour gallows of retribution where you, uh, the object of the match is hanging your opponent over the top rope until, they pass out. Uh, pass out, Ish. but they'll die. Uh, and the first time he ever did that match was him and Vampiro. And Vampiro's face turned fucking purple. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, but no, I, I just, I really enjoyed Raven's stuff. And then, like, when he came back. Because he was gone for a few months in 2006. He comes back, feuds with Larry Zbysko, uh, which was okay. But then afterwards, Raven just kind of just 
you know, fell off a little bit. Yeah. But no, those early years, like he was my favorite part about watching TNA. Yeah, he was fun. His stuff with Jeff Hardy was cool. Yeah. The Jeff Hardy stuff was pretty cool. The Dallas Page stuff yeah. was was pretty decent. Uh, but he's an asshole for bringing Eric Watts back. <laughs> All right. Time yep. for number ones. Yeah. Eric, drumroll. What's your number one? My number one is Christian Cage. Christian Cage was his TNA run was his best run um, of his career by far. I mean, his WWE career was good because of his passion and his edge. And his singles run in TNA was far better, in my opinion. Um, his feud was obviously staying for Angle. Samoa Joe, Matt Morgan, this goes on and on. AJ Styles, and he, and he was a great heel in you know, too. Um, and a good baby face. Who was? Yeah. And he's no, Christian was the man. Today. Uh, I agree, and he's and he's proving today, right now. Especially saying a couple of things about Ric Flair that you've said in the past yourself. I. Uh, that's the only thing I like about his run is that he told the truth about Flair. I well, if you don't like his run, yeah. it's because you don't like because you you're traditional and you don't like the heel. Exactly. But if you, this trueness in your heart still knows he's doing a great fucking job. He, now he's really getting heat now. He is because he's digging, like. Being he really personal. He is. He's digging back. But he, he fucking... He is proving right now that he is better outside of the WWE. And he always has been. Yeah. He, he, his, when he yeah. gets the freedom to really talk his shit and do his thing, he is killing it. He gets personal. He gets mean. But he is killing it. He is the best heel in the AEW. Especially now that MJF is going more babyface. Yeah. Okay. I still can't fucking believe yeah. The hell were they thinking? All right. My number one. Ready? Yeah. ODB. ODB. No. Uh, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. He, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. It, it, yeah, he's beat the Rocks as Rock fucked uh, DC over. Uh, so AJ Styles is probably my – yes, he is my favorite wrestler of all time. The way he transitioned to WWE is very impressive, and I love what he was able to do there. And the fact that he's just cemented his legacy in WWE, but he was the face of TNA for the greater part of 15 years. Yeah, he he was the face of that yep. company. He, uh, whenever they needed him, he was there. Uh, they did him a disservice on multiple times, but whenever they needed a guy to be in the main event or even be in the X division and put on a great match, do an ultimate X match, uh, go one-on-one with Sting or Kurt Angle or, or these WWE or WCW guys you're bringing in, AJ was always the guy at the front yeah. of the line. He was even in the front line of the lines. Yep. Uh, AJ Styles is... <laughs> When he tag team with Daniels, it was magic. Uh, there's only there's fumbles creative wise, but it was never his fault. Claire Lynch, Claire Lynch, and his promo was not always amazing, but 
his in-ring shit was so good it didn't he's matter. He's gotten better. He had the in-ring. He's gotten way better. He is. He's a good promo now. I don't care what anybody says. I'll smack you. Yep. Uh, he's a great promo. I, I agree with that. Uh, he had trouble throughout his career in TNA at times. But also, he's got one of those likable styles of wrestling that it doesn't matter. He's so good in the ring, and his style is so like you want to watch it to where that makes you root for him. That's babyface enough. But he could be a good heel, too. Exactly. Uh, AJ was always the man. He was the face. He could put on a match with anybody. Samoa Joe... Uh, just every anybody in TNA's roster could go one on one with AJ, and it would be a good match. If there's any wrestler in the world that it's like, if I if I if I fucking in, in a room and I'm kidnapped and it's like you can only watch one wrestler's catalog for the rest of your life uh, at any company ever, I would choose AJ Styles. And they'd be like, no, you'll enjoy them. You gotta pick somebody else. Yeah, they'll be like, no, you're uh, Nikki. I would Stella. choose Brian Danielson. Oh fuck that. <laughs> Fucking, it'll be three hundred dollars <laughs> seeing someone kick somebody in the head. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can't choose Okada because, like, the the guys that kidnap him will have all that cum they gotta clean up. Jesus. Because Eric comes every time he sees Okada wrestle. I mean, I come wow. every time I see Nikki Bella, or not Nikki Bella. Every time I see uh, Mickey James. Oh, Fair enough. But uh Nah, he's AJ Styles is the guy. He's always been the guy. He's the John Cena. He's little Cena. Yeah, and he, the fact he went to WWE and beat John Cena's ass still makes me so fucking happy. AJ's the man. Can you really say that though, man? The first and time around he, SummerSlam, he, man. Yeah. he beat him clean. Oh yeah, he beat him clean in the SummerSlam. Uh, he but, cheated but, the other times. Well, one out of two. To me, he, he only has one. Cena has two out of one overall. But all of them are kind of classic matches. And yeah. the SummerSlam... Well, they the were all... Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they were all really good matches. And the one where he beats him clean is my favorite one. To me, that's the best one. Uh, the Royal Rumble match when Cena got the 16 time when he tied Flair was pretty good, too. Yeah, and... that's for, That's his last title win, right? Seen his last yeah, because yeah. they, they wanted, uh, they wanted him to tie Flair. Like they've been wanting him to tie Flair for the longest time, yeah. but he just really didn't want to do it. But then when he decided, but like when they said, "Oh, well, you're going to drop the title in two weeks anyway," he's like, "Good," because he did not. Because he was getting to that point where he wasn't going to be around a lot anymore. Yeah, he was starting to act more. Yeah. He's never oh, around now. Was planning on getting engaged to his girlfriend. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but then he How'd went, that go? <laughs> yeah, but then he woke up. Yeah, <laughs> still broke my heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it, it broke your heart, but then uh, you're just like, oh, I got a shot now. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of wrestling fans have posted in our DMs when that happened too. <laughs> a lot of fans. I was writing a DM. Yeah, right posted in her DMs and said, hey, since Cena won't take it, how about taking a ride on me? <laughs> Actually, I is one video. There is one video of um, YouTube that uh, um, actually went in her DMs and said that. 
He made a whole video sliding into the DM, and he basically just said like everything. I it was not me. <laughs> I swear to God. it was you. <laughs> no, I, I said YouTuber. That. I wouldn't <laughs> waste that on her. I don't even like her. I love her. Yeah, I'm more of a Kelly Kelly guy myself. I mean. I mean, if some, if for some reason, and obviously it's not going to happen because she is a married woman now, she's got a child, you know, all the power to her. But if she did come up to me and say, uh, you know, you, you know, I'll let you have your way with me, as long as she didn't say only for, it, it would only cost you two hundred and fifty bucks, then you know, I'd take her up on it. But once she, if she gets in the triple digit price range, then I'm out. Uh, but yeah, AJ Styles is one of the God. best wrestlers of all time. Uh, all right, Clint, who's your number one? Well, mine's is the same. I had AJ as my number one as well. Hell yeah! I mean, AJ was the heart and soul of TNA, if you ask me. Anything else? You damn right. You <laughs> know. I agree. All right, Doug. Make it a perfect, make it the trifecta. It's not a trifecta. <laughs> Give me what I need. Come on. Who is it? Is that Mickey James for getting kicked in the balls? No, Mickey James was like number, I had Mickey James at number eight. Oh. America's Most Wanted, Harrison Storm. It was going to be beer money, but they got brought up too many times. <laughs> <already>. So... <laughs> Uh, it's AMW. Again, it, it's like the, the Raven thing, right? They yeah, were the cornerstones of the early part What the hell? The early part of TNA. And, uh, you know, they were kind of the fixture of the uh, of the Wednesday, you know, the Wednesday weekly pay-per-views. Yeah, and they were the tag team. Yeah, and think of all the teams they had. Because TNA's tag team division from 2003 to 2006, it was a pretty damn good division. Because you had had AMW, you had Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger, you had Free Life Crew, you had uh, the New Church. You had the gathering. Uh, Who's the new church? Slash and Sin. Uh, Sin Bodhi? Kazardi? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we finally brought up Kazardi. Yeah. Uh, and Slash and Sin even at one point had uh, a lot to do with uh, with Raven. You know, and uh, Raven's early time in TNA. Because they were managed by uh, Father James Mitchell. But, you know, and then you also had in there, you had the Gathering, Julio De Niro and Sam Punk. You had the Naturals, Chase Stevens and Andy Douglas. Uh, Kid Cash and uh, Kid Cash in Dallas, or Lance Hoyt, or now we know him as Lance Archer. Uh, Hoyt. Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian, Team 3D, obviously. LAX, the James Gang. So a lot of guys for Harris, you know, and then, you know, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, who AMW had a lot of great matches with. 
So that was like a stacked roster in between like 2002 to 2006. They were the roster. So that was uh, something, you know, that AMW was obviously something special. And then, you know, when they tried to split them up and they wanted Harris to be the star. Yeah. They really wanted him to be the yeah. star. To where, like, they wanted him to be NWA champion, but it's like nobody was really going to believe, uh, believe in him. But they believed in Storm. Yeah. And Storm eventually came into his own. I like Chris Harris a lot. It didn't work out for him when he went to WWE because he started eating cupcakes. But before that, I thought his TNA, he was very believable. And I thought he was a good hand. And I like both of them a lot. I think they are one of the best tag teams. Yeah. Well, in 2011, they were going to put them back together because they wanted Bobby Roode to go on his own. Yeah. Uh, they wanted Bobby Roode to go on his own, but when Harris came back, Harris had only agreed to do the one shot. And the tag team match that they did was so horrible that they, were, they just told Harris, they're like, you know what, if you want to leave, you can. Like, because you suck right now. Yeah. But, you know, he he had a lot of injuries throughout his career. And he was also a big fan of Krispy Kreme. But, yeah, no, they're definitely my number one. And a team I don't want to forget, even though we can't. I'd put them more in my top ten ROH, but the Wolves were always awesome. Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, yeah. I liked them better in ROH. They were the American Wolves there, right? Yeah. But they were good in uh, TNA, too. They were pretty good team um, guys in TNA. They almost got a shot in WWE. They were going to be the American Bulldogs. But uh, what ended up happening was Triple H, you know, basically said, hey, look, this is... Because, you know, obviously Triple H had heard about how they left Ring of Honor. And Davey Richard, and so Triple H is just like, all right, look, these are the rules I want you to follow. And Davey Richards looked at him and said, I have followed the rules. Fuck yeah. you. And left. And he told Eddie, he's like, we don't need to be here. Because if they're going to fucking put restrictions on us, you know, fuck that. And it's just like, Davey Richards... Uh, for as big as the Wolves were, and Eddie Edwards has done fine on his own. I like Davey, too. No, it, it, Davey Richards is good. The problem is he suffers from that Austin Aries CM Punk thing. Yeah. To where, shut the fuck up if you want to succeed. Yeah, I agree. Isn't he married to, um, who's he married to? Not anymore. <laughs> Eddie. Who oh. was he? Uh, Davy Richards was married to Angelina Love. I remember that. But they, they're not together anymore. No. He, okay. Uh, he got into some trouble, and uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. Oh, he yeah. just he did stuff that he wasn't. He did stuff that he wasn't supposed to to her. Oh, uh, and ah. we had him arrested. But uh, that's. Damn. Neither here nor there. I mean, that's why, like, that's why I'm I'm kind of shitting on him a little bit. 
Oh, well, I liked his in-ring work. No, I, I did I did too. I did too and but again, like I said, he's just he's a the victim. internet ruined wrestling. Yeah. I hate that you know about people's lives now. <laughs> it was so much easier when you didn't. Yeah. When you thought Dave Meltzer was just full of shit. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. All right. Don't get me started with that. We're not gonna. We're leaving. Yeah. Uh, we're running out of airtime, boys. Yeah, this we're running a- out of airtime, and Clintus wants to get to SmackDown. Yeah, we all do. Uh, this is a blast. Great time. Check out our other shit. We'll decide what we're doing throughout the week. Have a good one. See ya. Bye, guys. Love you guys. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? Love you too, Eric. Are you ready? Oh. <laughs> hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masses. Bring it down.